This is the Mulligans Podcast, a real estate podcast focused on the duo. We created this podcast to share the stories of real estate individuals who have built their business from the ground up or have lost everything and are working to get it back. I'm Hayden Wright. I'm Austin Cole. And, and we, we are, are your hosts. hosts. On today's show, we have Stony Stonebreaker, a man who is just as cool as the name he has. On today's show, you'll hear that Stony got a little bit later start to real estate investing, but has made some tremendous action in just six years real estate investing. So um, without further ado, let's just get right into it. Hey, Stony, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Glad to, hey, glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Sony, we we kind of connected on bigger pockets because you had responded to one of my um, posts and you had given me some really good advice. But first, let's just kind of start off by talking about, you know, how did you get into real estate? It looks like you got into it about six years ago. So if you don't mind, just, um, you know, tell your story a little bit. I did some investing on my own. I got a couple of uh, vacation condos that I rented out and bought some land and did various things over throughout my career. But I was so busy with my career that I just kind of um, stayed with that and didn't really invest a whole lot. Uh, and, and then in 2002, uh, I retired and I, uh, just to help uh, raise my son, drive him around the country and spend some good time, quality, you know, dad time with, with him. And, uh, and I did that for a while and did some other things. And then uh, about 2014, 15, I started to read some books and started to rediscover my interest in, in real estate and all the advantages of it. And so uh, I started to read, uh, I had, I had kind of stayed away from reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which everybody does. I mean, it seems like it's the, the <laughs> Bible of, of people who like to invest in real estate because I thought the title was kind of hokey and maybe it was one of these, you know, get rich quick uh, schemes. But when I read it, I found out, you know, it was much more than that. And of course, it was a whole mind shift kind of a thing. So I read a whole lot of other books on real estate. I talked to some friends who were in the business and uh, watched some podcasts and listened to podcasts like yours and so forth. So then I started to um, look into that. A friend of mine suggested that I get my real estate license here in Florida and to help learn the business. So I did that. And uh, he wanted me to do some industrial uh, sales, which I wasn't that interested in, but I thought, you know, I'll, I'll go along with this to try to learn the business. Um, and so the other thing, though, that he really suggested that was really good was to uh, see if I could get my uh, CCIM designation as a realtor. And so I, I ended up doing that. Uh, and while I was doing that, I was at one of the um, luncheons that we have here in South Florida, a very active group. And at that, I met a, um, a person, a young guy who was uh, also interested in real estate and investing similar to what I was in multifamily investing. And so we started to talk and I got interested in what he was doing. He was also getting just starting a meetup uh, here in South Florida. And so I helped him uh, with that a little bit and got involved. I invested in a few deals with him. He was raising capital uh, with one of the one of the main coaches in the country, Joe Fairless. And uh, so I invested in a few deals with him. And ultimately, we started to uh, do more deals. We became GPs in several deals and uh, over time. And then we decided we wanted to uh, kind of join forces together because we felt that like that was more effective. So 
a couple of years ago, we formed a company and uh, now we're uh, under the banner of Pasivo Real Estate Investments. And uh, we're raising capital and investing in, in the multifamily in mostly in Texas and, and in Florida right now, uh, but looking to go into other markets. Okay, awesome. So now let's unpack that a little bit. So you you started by going to this conference thing, right? That was besides the books and the podcast, that was sort of your first big step. And then you met this, your partner there, right? Um, but in between that, you started doing the CCIM course? Yes, I, uh, yeah, uh, the CCIM uh, requires a lot of uh, edu- several educational courses in finance and investment. It's the, uh, some people call it the MBA or the PhD of uh, commercial real estate professionals. Uh, who knows what, the, what it act- you know, actually is, but it's for financial analysis, investment analysis for uh, commercial real estate brokers primarily who, to help make sure that they uh, are, are, are investing or in uh, analyzing uh, properties the right way, like investors would like to see and understanding that. So that was a good one. And what you have to do is a series of educational courses, as well as a significant um, amount of um, uh, involvement, material involvement in actual deals. And so you have to have both of those things. It takes, it usually takes uh, two or three years at least to uh, get that over time. And uh, so I did that uh, in that time and it was really, really uh, very helpful. Wow. Okay. So now would you recommend that to somebody looking to get into the commercial real estate space? Like, um, you know, cause it seems like it's very comprehensive. It seems like you learn a lot from it as opposed to just listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and putting bits and pieces together here and there, you know? So, I mean, what would you say to that? Well, it, it depends on uh, what you want to do really. If you, um, we uh, talk to our investors and try to under unpack what their goals are. We have some investors who want to be just strictly passive investors and some who want to be active. And for the active investors, I think that might be, you know, it might be a worthwhile considering, uh, especially if you already have your real estate license, if you're involved in and you are involved in the real estate business as a business, as a, as a job, if you will. Um, I'm just purely an investor. I'm, I don't, uh, I, in fact, I don't even have my license anymore. Mm. I don't use it actively at this point in time. Um, but, but it is, re- it is um, primarily focused for, uh, for realtors, people who have their license in real estate. Um, although you, it, you, it's, the whole courses are designed to help you understand the fin- financial aspects of offices, of leasing, and so forth. So I think it's a good comprehensive uh, background. And, and if somebody wants to uh, really learn the financial aspects, it is a good one. Uh, it is a very good uh, course, in fact. Yeah, good okay. series. That makes sense. And now, so the opposite of that, your real estate license, that did not seem like it helped you at all. Um, it did a little bit, not, not a whole lot. You know, I, I, um, I participated in a few transactions and I had to, of course, to get my, uh, get the de- designation. And in fact, that's, um, you can get the designation, the CCI designation without having a license. Um, but you can have to be, there's other roles like uh, people who are appraisers or lenders in the business or other aspects. You can certainly do it that way and be, be active in, in your CCIM uh, local chapter. But uh, certainly, I think uh, with the license, it can help. Um, I was spending time in the industrial space, which I really didn't want to be in. I wanted to be in multifamily and I wanted to be investing rather than helping other people buy properties and so forth. So I didn't really um, get a whole lot out of it. Although the, you know, understanding the transactions and the legal aspects and so forth of transactions was helpful uh, to a degree. 
Okay. Okay, good. So now uh, backing up a little bit. So you, you and your partner met, what was the first deal that you got into? What did you start looking for? And, and how did that deal come about? Uh, he was uh, raising capital for Joe Fairless, as I mentioned, and uh, Joe was the one that, who actually was doing the d- deal finding, if you will. And uh, and uh, my partner, Lynn and Lee, uh, was mostly raising capital and helping with some other aspects of the deal. And so there was a, um, a property in Dallas uh, that uh, w- was rebranded as Apex uh, Apartments and which was just uh, actually resold. Uh, just recently, but we invested in that. It was, um, I don't remember how many units, uh, I get my properties mixed up, you know, we get <laughs> the, some of these things going on so much. And, uh, but it was about uh, 200 and probably 280 units. We were just, uh, I was just a small uh, limited partner in that deal myself. And so that was, I did that, uh, I did two or three of those. And until I started to get more involved in the deals to understand them and and uh, determined that I wanted to become more active and, and become a general partner in some deals. Okay. So you were part of the money raised for that deal, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how, how did you go about raising money? I mean, I mean, is that something that uh, your CCIM sort of talked about, or is that something you had to go figure out on your own? And what actions did you take towards that? Uh, that was strictly on my own. Uh, I, that, that uh, money, raising money is not part of the CCIM. It's just an analytical uh, for financial analytics. Um, but for my own, I have a number of friends who are involved in, in commercial real estate and themselves have been investing for many years and uh, just family and friends. We've talked talk to several people and um, that was kind of early in my real estate investing. So nobody really understood that I was part, you know, doing real estate investing at the time. And so it was kind of a new thing and, and there, people were curious about it, but they weren't too, uh, you know, too excited about investing with somebody who's uh, going into their first deal and, and trying to, uh, you know, see if I can get $50,000 out of some, some friends. So uh, I didn't, I didn't do too well in that, but uh, I I started to get the word out that I was in real estate. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, you had surrounded yourself in the the previous years and months with the right group of people with some good um, close commercial real estate friends. And then that's kind of where you were raising your money fund, but it still wasn't that easy just because, you were that newbie. So how did you get people to take you seriously um, and show that you were educated and that you knew what you were doing in this space and that their money would be put towards something that would be, you know, in their best interest? Well, over time, uh, the word got out among my friends and so forth that I was in real estate. Um, But I did a little bit more than that. I uh, formed or I I set set up a website uh, as a marketing platform and that, in fact, we've improved on that this last year through, uh, through my partner, Lynn, and I have a, a marketing platform with uh, our, our company. And we start to put post uh, uh, content on their educational content. We're focused on, on limited partners, people who are mostly want to invest, uh, business people who may have been successful in their career or still are, and who want to uh, diversify their investment portfolio and want to get into real estate. State, but they may not have the time uh, to be able to do that. And uh, they know that they want to put money in, in that. But, but it's a matter of uh, just keeping uh, involved in the community, uh, involved with the CCIM organization and other community organizations, charities that we, we my wife and I go to. And just uh, and naturally, when it comes up in conversation, you know, what do you do? Uh, when I say I'm an investor in commercial real estate, 
a lot of people just have a, a natural curiosity about that. So uh, it's just a, a natural conversation point. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So now you, you do the money raise for this deal. It goes well. What, what, is the, what is the next step you take? What is the next deal you do? Uh, we had another deal in uh, Dallas. It was uh, roughly the same size. Uh, and uh, that one was uh, later on, same year, uh, about 2017, that was. And then we start to do a couple of deals a year, um, mostly as a, initially for me, at least as a, a limited partner, for the most part. And then, uh, then we start to become interested in, uh, in becoming a general partners and more active with that. Okay. So I'm sorry, you, you did the money raise for that. And then that's, that's, that was the next step is to become a general partner. That was what I was interested in. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So what was the first deal you, you were a general partner on? Uh, that was a deal in uh, Jacksonville, uh, Florida, and that was 138 units uh, property that we, we found. Uh, we found uh, my uh, Lynn and I found one other partner to go in on that, uh, who was an underwriter for us and did some of the financial analysis and so forth. And we've been looking for a, a, a deal there for uh, for gosh, I guess about six to eight months, nine months. Wow. Um, looked at several other properties, but the market was getting hot in Jacksonville. The rents had been uh, going up uh, rapidly, about 5% per year in the submarkets that we were interested in. Um, we got real close to, um, we didn't make too many offers. In fact, uh, one property we looked at was, I believe it was 230 or so units. Uh, we wanted to get to that but the whisper price that we heard the price that was they didn't have an official uh asking price or listing price but they had a price that uh, you know they expected it to go for was a little more than what we wanted to offer on that and we weren't sure we wanted to go up that high based on our underwriting so we didn't turned out that there were i think about 35 offers on that property wow. at the time they went through multiple multiple rounds of uh, best and final and they ended up uh, selling the property for about $3 million more than our top, top, top price. And so we were glad we didn't spend the time to be involved in that. So later, but later on, we got to, to this other property that I was mentioning earlier, the 138 units. And that one uh, we did like a lot. And so we got to the best and final on that. I think there were about, I'm thinking there were 23 offers on that one, uh, about 22 other offers. So it's, you know, competitive space here in, in Florida, but Jacksonville is a really good market. We liked it because uh, it has a low um, uh, rent to wage uh, ratio compared to other, other cities and metros. And uh, so we ended up uh, getting through, through that one and uh, we got down to the actual best and final round with just the two of us. And they, um, they, the, the broker was really good. Uh, we liked him, but he was, um, of course, he's trying to sell it for the, the seller. And so we finally ended up uh, getting that, that deal. Wow. Okay. So how did you stand out out of, you know, those 23 offers? What we did was we spent a lot of time, several trips, uh, go, going to visit the site, touring it, and looking at the submarket, making sure that we understood that uh, most of the other offers came from people who were like we were out of the out of the uh, metro area, uh, not local. Uh, in fact, lo- mo- many of them were out of state. 
uh, but they didn't get on, on site very much. And so we were on site quite a bit. Uh, we asked them, uh, the broker, the selling broker about other properties and comps. And, and we, we got into some details about why they were comps. Why, why did you, you know, evaluate them this way and so forth. And we also looked at the, um, the demographics of the area very closely, uh, which we tend to do as well in our, our current business. And uh, we, I think we impressed him and he, he liked the way that we were uh, carrying our, our business and that we were uh, analyzing it and that we had a good, uh, a good capital raise going on for that uh, deal as well with some uh, partners that we brought in to help us. Okay. So it wasn't just the fact that, you know, you guys were offering a lot of money. It was, you know, your credentials, it was your experience, it was your, you know, how you carried the business and the relationship you had built with them by being on site so much. Does that, does that sound right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. And, and how did, how did you find this deal? Was this from networking with brokers, cold calls? I mean, how did you, how did this come up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have been uh, visiting in Jacksonville and, and focusing on that as a target market for ourselves. And we, uh, we had met with the broker, that particular broker, and and most of the other brokers that were dealing in multifamily uh, space in Jacksonville. And so this one came from the broker. He let us know about it. And uh, that was how we got started on that. Gotcha. Now, okay, so uh, you mentioned the deal before this one that didn't that didn't go through. There's 35 other offers. Um, tough to stand out in that crowd. I mean, tough to stand out in 23, but 35 is just incredible. But uh how did you guys, uh, how many, how many deals did you have to analyze before, you know, this one worked out? Like how many other opportunities were there that didn't happen before this one did happen? I, I don't think we kept very good track of that, but we, <laughs> we, we, um, we certainly, uh, looked at, I would say at least 50 or 60 that we didn't even look at very closely because we knew they weren't fitting our criteria. We, we knew we had to have specific criteria that, that fit what we liked, the size of the property, the submarket it was in, uh, the fact that it was a good value add, solid value add, that, uh, and so forth, and a certain a time frame, a year of construction, and we have all number of uh, criteria like that that kind of help us uh, screen out um, most of the deals that, that are put on the market. Uh, but then we came in and we actually underwrote. Um, not that many uh, for ourselves at that point in time. We were lucky. I mean, you hear some stories about people underwriting 100 deals and they, you know, make offers on 10 and they get one or something like that. We probably only underwrote, uh, I'm going to say maybe uh, 15 deals before we we um, got uh, this particular one. Gotcha. Okay. So now what are some of your criteria? You kind of brought that up a second ago, but what are you looking for in a property? At that point in time, we were looking for between 100 and 250 unit uh, property. Uh, uh, your construction would be in, in the 1970s, 1980s, um, with pitched roofs, uh, with uh, some opportunity for, uh, for value add, of course, which was you know, uh, unit upgrades. Uh, possibly in this, this particular case, it had some uh, extra land as part of the property as well. So it could be developable uh, for additional units if we wanted. Um, We ended up uh, looking at that and that's uh, certainly a possibility. Uh, And then um, we also had, uh, let's see here. We also thought that there were some other uh, other income opportunities as well, not just the um, unit upgrades, but uh, upgrade for um, 
uh, for rubs, for utility uh, chargeback, uh, the rents were under market and so forth like that. So, you know, a number of, uh, of criteria like that. Gotcha. Okay. And now are you solely focused still in the, the South Florida market? Uh, we are um, in, in Florida and in uh, Texas right okay. now for our investments. But we like the Atlanta area. We like uh, Charlotte and and, and uh, Raleigh Durham in North Carolina. Although you know all these uh, markets are so so hot right now, so popular uh, in the Southeast. I think there's so many um, coaches in this space that have been teaching people over the last uh, dozen years or or less. And so there's literally hundreds of other people involved with putting groups together and partnering together. So that's why you have so many uh, offers on, on properties and why I think you see the space still growing and still, um, still um, not anywhere close to what it can be. Right. No. Okay. So you started off by doing the money raise in another state. Would you have started off um, like, you know, cause that, that built your confidence. It showed you, you know, how to analyze a market that was, you know, you're not familiar with that. You don't, you can't just drive to, uh, would you, would you have started off investing in another state if you hadn't done that money raise? Uh, I, I might have, if, if I was, if somebody could, uh, you know, help, could have helped me along and doing the right analysis for, for the market and for the types of, um, of properties that would be appropriate for that market and so forth. I think there would have been other markets like Atlanta, like I mentioned. Um, I'm familiar with a few other uh, of the secondary and tertiary markets in, in Florida as well, Orlando and, and Tampa, uh, and some the Space Coast uh, in here in Florida as well. And so there's a lot of other markets, I think, that are very valid for investing in if, uh, if you want to focus on that. In our case, we want to make sure that we partner up with somebody who who knows the well the market well along with us so that we make sure that we our our investors money is is protected as well as ours of course smart so you're you're you know partnering with somebody in the area who knows you know the area and, and you know the ins and outs of it right usually usually we are yes gotcha okay um so what are you looking for now in a market like i mean i noticed that none of the areas you mentioned really had to deal with snow so much so is is that part of it or do you just prefer the south well, we, we like uh, growing markets um, with, and we like um, growing submarkets within those growing markets. And that we believe that that allows us a, a, a bigger margin of error rather than going into an area that's kind of stable, stable it's not growing. And uh, you have to make sure that you're in, a, in an area that is, might be part of that uh, metro that is growing. Uh, and we just have a limited amount of time to go visit properties and areas and get to understand those submarkets ourselves. So yeah, we, we kind of like the, the, the Southeast for the most part, uh, including uh, Texas and, uh, and just those markets where, where we know the population has been growing historically. Uh, it's attractive. They have uh, attractive um, uh, landlord laws or landlord friendly um, and that are just make, make um, a lot of the, uh, the decisions um, a lot, um, a lot more straightforward and a lot more flexible and a lot more uh, stable, we think. Gotcha. Okay. So what, what are some things you're looking for now? 
Uh, actually, we're looking for some smaller properties as well as those larger properties. Uh, we have some uh, individual investors who uh, want to be in uh, smaller deals all by themselves with us as operating partners. And so we're actually looking at properties that might be as small as 25 or 30 units up to 80 units, you know, well under 100 uh, for a uh, for, uh, few investors that we have in our, our, our um, uh, relationships that like uh, to be in those deals, like I said, as, by themselves. And, and they, they've known us for a long time uh, and uh, known uh, and, and trust us. So we want to look for those. And we're looking more in, in some, uh, again, secondary or, or tertiary markets. Uh, I, like the, uh, I like the Florida Space Coast, the, the Cocoa, Titusville, Melbourne area, uh, because of the space program, you know, looks like it's, it's coming along now and being supported. Uh, for where for years it was not. Um, and by the same token, uh, for, for that reason, uh, we like Huntsville. Huntsville's Rocket City um, and uh, the capital of uh, capital rockets, basically. And I think they have uh, more PhDs concentrated there than any place in the country mm. um, because of the, um, the rocket industry there. Uh, and I, I, lived, I worked there uh, many years ago uh, in the space program. And so that kind of has a little uh, soft spot, spot in my heart. Um, but then uh, we also like uh, some other places where you get a little bit less competition in those areas. You get a little, might, maybe a slight better um, a cap rate on them. But uh, as I mentioned before, with all these hundreds of people looking for deals, everybody's looking at all these other submarkets as well. Right, right. Okay. So what was, what was the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? And what did you learn from it? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> We, uh, we, when we went into the uh, Jacksonville deal, uh, we had a, um, we had uh, a partner who was, we didn't vet quite fully enough. And so we wanted to, uh, we decided that we didn't want to partner with that, that person anymore. And so um, we are very careful with our partners uh, these days and uh, do full background checks, do, you know, a lot of Google search, do a whole lot of um, background on any partners that we want to do deals with. Uh, nothing bad really happened out of that, but we just didn't, uh, didn't um, have quite the same uh, uh, philosophy about investing with a person and so forth. And so I think that made us uh, be a little more cautious about doing that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so what are, what are some of your goals for the next three to five years? Well, we've, uh, Lynn and I have formed this company, Placebo, and we are trying to grow it. Uh, we are uh, building our investor base with that and making sure that we have a strong base of, of investments uh, and b- expanding our, our portfolio of multifamily properties we will probably expand into a couple of other uh, segments as well. Uh, a couple that were are very popular in terms of self-storage and possibly mobile home parks. Um, but fo- we're focusing right now on multifamily and really uh, getting that down and building our team so that we can scale and really provide excellent support uh, for our uh, properties and for our investors. How big is your team right now? Uh, we have some uh, people in um, in Venezuela who help us with our marketing, and uh, 
uh, some uh, writing uh, assistance uh, in Canada. And uh, we have, uh, Lynn and I are the only two partners actually in the team, but we also have uh, another partner who helps in some underwriting when we want to uh, need to get some extra underwriting. So we have a few different folks that we work with, partners uh, in, in various aspects of deals. Gotcha. Okay. So now, God forbid you lost everything today in real estate. How do you go about getting it all back? What is, what is your first step? Do you go back to raising capital? And what would you do different? Uh, first thing I would do is start to get back involved with people who are in the business. I would, uh, I would go to, uh, I think we're just getting started back in in-person meetings and conferences, which I think are just excellent ways of meeting people, of getting to know uh, people and, and establish relationships, uh, get to uh, understand who these people are that you've seen on online before, who have posted many times before, uh, but get to know them personally and make sure that I have, I have reestablished those relationships. Uh, and uh, if I have to volunteer time to work with them, uh, unpaid, uh, unrewarded, uh, uncompensated at all, just to be coming more involved and build up their trust and, and uh, uh, understanding that I can help with them in their deal. And just to make sure that I'm, uh, I'm again, reading and continuing to stay up uh, with the latest uh, events in the, uh, in the business and make sure that uh, I have, I'm updated and uh, uh, being a very helpful partner to others. Gotcha. Okay. Great answer. So how can our listeners add value to you? What are you looking for now? Uh, well, our biggest, uh, uh, what we might mostly do is we raise uh, capital for, and we put out the word to people who want to invest in real estate, who want to make a uh, diversify their real estate or their, their investment portfolio and uh, I'd invite them to go to our website. We have educational materials there. We want people to become more financially literate and, and make sure that they are doing the best for them. Whether they get involved with us or not is not the point. It's, it's becoming more financially literate because we feel that there's not enough uh, financial literacy taught, certainly not in our schools. And many times the families uh, don't talk too much about it. So we, we like the fact that that uh, real estate and its syndications, which is what we offer, uh, gives people the ability to invest in things that used to be not available to the general public. It was a good old boys network many years ago. And so this gives people the ability to get better investments. And we want people to uh, make sure that they have the uh, ability to invest not only in real estate, but other, do other things that make, make sense for them and their families and to do the same thing that we're trying to do for our families. And, and if they want to join us, that's fine. But if they want to go with somebody else, make sure that you do have good financial literacy that, so you, you can do the things you want and build up what's ultimately the best for all of us is time freedom, which mm. is what we all want to you know, get to so that we can do the things that we really want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is one thing that you'd want our audience to take away from today's show? Well, start early. I, I didn't start as early as I should have in my investing in my commercial real estate. I mean, I did some investing, but it wasn't, I didn't focus a whole lot on it. And I think it's uh, very uh, uh, important for people to start early and to become financially literate to, uh, to build up that base 
from a very, from a young age, if if possible, and to really uh, focus on that. Not that you're you know focused on just money, but but put some of the things that it can do for you and your family. It can generate that free time for you to do things you want and to make a difference in the world if you want to donate into charities and become involved with other entities like that. Awesome. All right, last question here that I have for you today, Stoney. Where can people find out more about you? Well, uh, I can be reached at, uh, at our website at PasivoREI.com. Uh, and we have an e-book on the uh, on the website there that's free uh, you can go to placebo rei.com uh, slash dream it's called the four investing rules for the new american dream it explains our investing and criteria well, we have a three-legged stool to uh, preserve capital first of all and didn't get really get into that but uh, it's got a lot of good information there i think and then if you um if i'll press a button on our uh one of the buttons on our website it says invest with us you don't have to invest with us, but you can get on there and find out some more information about what we have, what our uh, criteria is like, and it'll uh, send you an email in case you want to get a phone call and we can talk about uh, your investing philosophy uh, and see if uh, there's a fit for us or you, if you want to fit, uh, invest with somebody else, you can certainly get a hold of me that way. Awesome. Well, Stoney, we appreciate you being on the show. Um, it was great. I think it's wonderful what you've accomplished in such a short amount of time. Um, and, and your approach to credibility and building financial literacy as the base and then just working from that. I think it's uh, helped a lot in, you know, how, how you've been able to scale over the last six years. Um, so again, just appreciate you being on the show and I'm excited to see where you go in the next three to five years. Great. Well, nice talking to you, Hayden. I uh, really appreciate it. Good to be there. Thank you everyone for listening to the show. We hope you gained something from today's episode and put it into action right away. Please make sure to share, subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mulligans underscore underscore. This helps us to grow and share more great stories. My name is Austin Cole. I'm Hayden Wright. Signing Signing off. off.